The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and so glad you're here and absolutely it's all about being intentional. That's We feature guests every week that along the way they became intentional about their purpose, their mission, their values and continue to follow that through step by step. We know that there's a big difference between intentions and resolutions is that intentions, you're not driven or guided by external situations. You just know that within you that knows that you're going to follow through with your dreams and your goals and move forward regardless of what externals often tell us from time to time. No different than our great guest today. Couldn't wait. David Young. He's a mover and a shaker. He's just coming back in from Sundance. David, welcome to our show. Delighted to have you. Nice to be here with you guys. Well, David, you have such a rich and uh, flavorful life, and you have been uh, an amazing, accomplished musician. Uh, you've written now a fabulous leading-edge book. Gosh, where where do we start? Was was there a reason that you were specifically at Sundance? Were you performing? Um, I was performing, and I had an art exhibit in Sundance, and it just worked out that I knew I had to come to Los Angeles the following week, so... I just put those, <laughs> excuse me, those two cities together, and it was an amazing experience in Sundance. Met a lot of great people, and um, now I'm in Los Angeles. Um, I I did a concert Saturday night, opening up for White Sun. Uh, they won a couple of Grammys this year, last year, and I did some events myself. And I've been uh, meeting different people to try to um, work on having my new book made into a film. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it I I just I love the the overall uh feel of the video and it, it just it, it invites you in. You've done an incredible uh job. And for those of you tuning in, you can go to davidyoungmusic.com. Uh his book, The True Story of Jesus and His Wife Mary Magdalene. I I love it that from the get-go you say this book is not about religion thank you and that you're not a christian that you are talking about the the real dynamics of um of the interpretation of who jesus was as i often say you know jesus was a shaman um no doubt about it healer revealer those kind of things and i'm always fascinated that often in traditional christianity people say follow jesus but somehow that mark got missed, that that means that you live by example somehow about the person you're following. Um, so I, I love the way that you're shape-shifting this, this material. How did, the, how did the book come about? Well, I started doing these events called A Portal Between Heaven and Earth um, that were like two-and-a-half-hour meditation events where I would talk for her for a half hour and share you know, different experiences that people had had 
at my other events that would really open people's minds. Um, because most people don't really know what's possible. And honestly, when I started doing those events in 2014, I didn't even know it was possible because at that point I'd been meditating for over 30 years. And in that time, I'd experienced different levels of inner peace, you know, depending on how long I meditated for it. Because the first 10 minutes of your meditation, nothing great's going to happen because that's where your mind is just going to try to settle down. And um, so I found that after 20 or 30 minutes, the, the peace and the, the space in between my thoughts was, was bigger, so this way I could receive more. But I had never had an interdimensional experience. I'd never had communication with, with somebody who I knew who had died and had, you know, gone to heaven. And when I started doing these events, every single event that, that I did, five or 10 or 15 people would share that they had a conversation or spiritual travel with their grandmother or their dad or their best friend from childhood who died young. And can you imagine how weird that was for me to just get through playing the flute for a half hour thinking people were just going to relax and maybe see the purple light or the white light in their inner vision? Can you imagine how weird it would be to hear 10 people say that my grandmother showed up to me and took me all over heaven when I didn't even know that was possible? Of course. So that's how, of course. Yeah, that's how did how you... How did you receive that at first? Were, was there kind of an energy around that or, or emotion? or? Um, it was, I honestly was receiving it in disbelief where when people started to share these things because I'd never had that experience myself and I thought that being skeptical showed people I was intelligent like most people. I didn't believe it at first, but then the more people shared their experiences, I could see the commonality between all these different people sharing these experiences. And after about six months, 500 people had shared that experience at my event. So it had become a normal thing of my event and a normal part of my life where at first it was like, wow, that is just so bizarre. And um, so six months, what happened was um, something really strange happened that uh, – Three people all saw Jesus standing in the same spot in the room where I was doing this event. And mm. I grew up in a Jewish family, so how do you wrap your mind around that? You know, that's quite a stretch. And so there was a, a channeler named Bob Murray who was helping me to understand why all these people were having these interdimensional experiences um, while I played the flute. And uh, I asked Bob if he could channel Jesus so I could ask him why he came to the event. He says, I can't guarantee it, but I can try. So after about a minute of silence, um, Bob said, okay, I've connected with Jesus. What do you want to ask him? My mind went blank. I couldn't think of anything to say. All I could think of was how weird this was growing up in a Jewish family and then being in a conversation with Jesus. So that's what I said. This just feels so strange having a conversation with you. And he said, I can understand that. I grew up in a Jewish family also. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the person he said, <laughs> which made me laugh. It made me relax. You know, when we laugh, you know, it, it relaxes us. So I said, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Because I don't know what to believe about what I've heard about you. And I also don't know what not to believe about what I've heard about you. Um, so what do you like or what don't you like? Because if you're having a conversation with somebody from 2,000 years ago, where would you start the conversation? And so the first thing he said was, I don't like rituals. When people do rituals, they think they're getting closer to God. 
But a ritual is done so many times over and over mechanically, it's not coming from the heart, it's not coming from love. And the only way we really connect with God is through opening our heart and through love. First, I thought he was talking about the Catholic Church, but then the more I thought about it, every religion has rituals that people do over and over again, and it becomes mechanical and not from the heart. The second thing he said was, I don't like pedestals. When people put others up on pedestals, the only thing they get is a stiff neck from looking up, which I thought was funny also. And then the third thing he said, I would have never thought that would say something like this. And he said that I did not create Christianity. Now, the way this was all perfectly orchestrated, because all the magical things in our life are orchestrated from above. We think that we have something to do with it, but these things are really, really being all set up by our guides, up above, okay? And so two weeks later, a friend of mine had been um, reading a book, and I called her up to tell her about, about this cool thing that happened with Jesus in that channeling session. And when I told her exactly what I said to you guys, she said she just finished reading a book that was supposedly channeled by Jesus to the writer, and those exact words were in the book. So over the last three and a half years since that happened, there have been five other people who, when I shared that at, at one of my meditation events, five other people raised their hand at different times, different events, and said, you know, Jesus told me the same exact thing. So why would you think that he would tell different people the same exact thing? Well, it's because that's, that's his truth, that's his message, and that's a way for him to validate people having these experiences. That's, I love that. I mean, it, it's just, it's so organic the way it came into your life, you know, yeah, the, totally this whole right. thing of, you know, what you're to do. And, and, and what I love is how it, it's so personable, which is the way it ought to be, you know, like two people talking over tea. Sure. And, yeah, um, and you're just, you're hitting it, you're just hitting it spot on now. Uh, I've I've never been told this by Jesus as you have, but I I do know in the early days when we were talking about the New Thought founders like Holmes and Fillmore, it was that you know, and especially Ernest Holmes was very clear. I remember one of his proteges saying, you know, he didn't want people going around having a photo of him in their wallet. <laughs> he really wanted, I mean, truly great leadership. Um, and great sages, that's not really what they're interested in. It's not ego-driven. It's that they want the people to understand what they're talking about and to take it and create their own greatness around it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and for whatever it's worth, I am absolutely sure that Jesus, while he was alive and, you know, after he lived through that terrible thing and during the years when he was in hiding with his wife, Mary Magdalene, I'm sure he never dreamed anybody would be carrying around a picture of him in his wallet when he was, you know, just trying to survive and live in hiding, you know. I mean, he was the opposite of famous. He was looked at as a, you know, famous in a positive way. He was looked at as a criminal because, you know, he had been arrested for, um, you know, stirring up, stirring people up and, you know, he was just sharing the peace. He wasn't uh, disturbing the peace like he was arrested for, you know. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the things that's, you know, a real mind blower that's in, in the book is that um, through my ex-girlfriend Mimi was a channeler. And 
so she was just born with that gift. You know, I, would, I was good at music since I was a kid. I got good as a painter and as a speaker, but, you know, channeling, that was not, you know, I wasn't given that talent, you know. <clears throat> and so the way, um, you know, the way the, the heavenly team, as I like to call them, the way they would communicate with me was through Mimi, my ex-girlfriend. And it was amazing how spot on everything was because, you know, there was a time when um, Jesus said to Mimi, tell David that there's big news coming out of the Vatican in Rome. And growing up Jewish, I never cared about what came out of the Vatican in Rome, so I couldn't understand why he'd be giving me that message. Well, the following week, the Pope issued a new statement that completely rocked the Vatican, and the Pope said there is no hell up there pointing up to the sky and the heavens. The only hell there is is down here on earth. And that goes against what the Bible says. And Jesus had told me there was big news coming out of the Vatican. Vatican. That's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, so after that that first week where he showed up and, you know, people saw him at the event, you know, the next week people shared their experiences with Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, and Jesus, you know, and then the next week somebody shared an experience that they had with Buddha. The following week somebody had an experience with St. Germain. The following week somebody had an experience with Moses, then Krishna, and then Gandhi, and Archangel Michael, and Archangel Metatron, Archangel Gabriel. Every ascended master and archangel in history have appeared to people hundreds of times at my event, and at this point, over 2,000 people have shared their experience of what one of the ascended masters or archangels had to share with them in their meditation while I was playing the flute. And 5,000 people additionally have had experiences where they reconnected with one of their loved ones. And So now all this stuff is just like a normal part of my life. It's, um, I do these events usually three or four times a week, about 15 events a month, and I've done 400 of these events in four years. And actively, various sages and enlightened ones are still showing up in, in the audience, or do you have a space within these events that people feel free that they get up and share, they communicate what is going on or what they're seeing as well? Yeah, when I say that these these ascended masters have showed up this many times, that means there's that many people that when the half-hour meditation where I was playing the two flutes at one time, when the meditation was over, that many people shared what their conversation or spiritual travel or healing or whatever wisdom they shared with them or whatever funny thing that they shared with them have shared those experiences at my event, and those numbers do not include all the people who had past life regressions at my meditations or healings or um, experiences in the purple light or the white light. Well, I mean, I applaud you because of just your willingness to uh, allow your paradigm of what you've known about yourself. You know, I, I, I like to say often that we continue to create in our lives if we are just basing basing our experiences solely on the mind from a, a, what our mind already knows. And yet a, a trained mind allows the room for an open heart, you know, for new to come in. And, and you know, here you are Jewish and, you know, in, so used to a whole different kind of experience. And all of a sudden you have these ascended masters talking to people in the room and, 
and and that you kept that open. I mean, I, I think, you know, clap, 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 bravo to you that you were willing to say, well, though this is different, I'm going to continue to open the space for that. I, I don't know that everybody would have done that. Well, thank you for for appreciating me. It's um, It was a process, you know. I never saw any of this stuff coming. And, um, one... <laughs> I bet. <laughs> right. yeah, I guess that goes without saying, you know. One of the things that happened that relates to the book is that there were people who came to my workshops and who I became friends with who either had experiences in their meditation with Jesus, Mary Magdalene, or Mother Mary that related to things that other people had said at other events previous or things that they had experienced previously in their life that they shared with me that became part of the story. And one of those stories is uh, Chapter 1, where there's a woman named Crystal who came to a couple of events, and she was a woman in her 60s. She was in the corporate world for most of her life, and after she retired, she decided to get into meditation. And so she went to, like, a meeting where people, where there was a psychic teaching people how to meditate. And after about 20 minutes of an introduction, the psychic said, okay, everybody close your eyes and Take a couple of deep breaths and clear your mind and tune into whatever the first thing that comes to your mind once your mind is clear. And so Crystal said, she told me that Jesus appeared next to her left ear. And Jesus asked her, can you forgive me? And she said, why should I, why would I need to forgive you? Mm. And he said, because we had to leave you when you were little because it wasn't safe to take you where we were going. At that moment, Crystal is shown an image of her being one of Jesus and Mary Magdalene's three children. Okay? That connected to an abandonment issue she'd had her whole life that went all the way back 2,000 years. Okay? Mm -hmm. She is bawling her eyes out in the meditation. When the meditation is over, the psychic in front of the room who is leading the meditation pointed to her first and said, Ma'am, I just want to tell you, while we were all meditating... I could see Jesus whispering in your left ear, but I couldn't hear what he was saying to you. Oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, every page of my book has a story like that. That's what the whole book is like. And um, the book is 13 inches by 10 inches. It's full color. So my paintings are like the beautiful um, soft colors that are ghosted in the background underneath the words. So while you're reading these words about what really happened... 2,000 years ago, you're seeing this beautiful, like, soft color therapy. And there's also 12 QR codes, which you scan with your phone, that link you to 90 minutes of my music that's included with the book. Your book is absolutely gorgeous. I um, I received several copies um, from the amazing Dia Chandra Hunter, and I, I gave them out to um, the Association of Global New Thought Leaders, and everyone was just in awe of the, I mean, it's it's definitely the kind of book that you want to share with people and you want to have on a coffee table and that you want to have for uh, to delve into, or you want it to be the book where you just open to a page and, and see where it takes you. It's, um, it's a beautiful work. I mean, it really is. You've done an incredible job of overseeing and, and putting it together that that's for sure um how long has the book been out oh the book's been out for about two weeks 
Okay. Um, I didn't think it had been. I didn't think it had been been long. Um, are you already getting some uh, feedback out in the field? Everybody's saying this book is revolutionary. That's the word that consistently comes up um, with interviews and from people who have seen the book. It's just because um, people have a certain image of Jesus. Right Now, the reason why I put on the front of the book that this book is not about religion and I am not a Christian is because when most people see the name Jesus, they think of Christianity. The problem is, is that who Jesus really is, is so different than what the story that ended up being evolved in the Bible. That's not his story. That's not Mother Mary's story. That's not what happened. Um... It's very difficult. You know how it feels to be misunderstood by a couple of people. Like if you're in an office situation, you have two or three people misunderstand you. It really stinks, you know. So just imagine having five billion people misunderstanding you. And that's what he's up against. And this is why the family has orchestrated all these things for me to meet all these people who had all these stories that were incredible stories that, that show that the Jesus in the Bible, that's not him. You know, out of the thousand people who have had experiences with him at my workshops, not one person out of a thousand people were quoted one word from the Bible. There were certain people who asked Jesus or Mother Mary in their, in their meditation when they appeared to them about certain things in the Bible, and they flat out said, I never said that. You know, there was a woman who said, um, you know, she had a question for Mother Mary because um, she read in the Bible that Archangel Gabriel came to her while she was pregnant and told her that, um, you know, the Son of God is going to be born, born through you. How did that make you feel? And Mother Mary said, that's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. Um, she was just excited and thrilled that she was pregnant and she was going to have a child, you know, a normal biological child like everybody else. Um, but she never said that thing that's in the Bible. So it's so confusing for people to try to figure out, well, what did they really say and what did they not say? And, and who are these people? You know, it's like, if you really think about, there's a lot of very skeptical people in the world who minimize anything that's spiritual because it's too woo-woo for them, right? So don't you think the most woo-woo thing in the whole world would be that a guy was tortured and then his body disappeared into thin air? Biologically and chemically, that is not possible. If that happens, and the the truth. Oh, I know. It's just, it it's it's just fascinating to me that in the 21st century that people still follow such a story. And you know, I'm 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 sure with the the types of people that you connect with, and I know it's true for me, is that I've. You know, I've seen based on true story, a Hollywood film, and then have the privilege of actually knowing people that the story was about or um, or in the case of the dolphin here, uh, Winter, the famous dolphin here at Clearwater, um, the um, aquarium. You know, I, I met some people that actually worked there at the time and and they'll say it wasn't anything like that. You know, love that you'd love the film, but it wasn't anything like that. And um, it and what I love is just the stand you're taking, because whether people totally agree with 
with what uh, you're being channeled or your group is being channeled or the ascended masters so are being heard through channeling or whatever. What I love about it is that it's another reason for people to live in the question mark. And um, that would free so many people on our planet today if they would just be wanting to live in the question mark and stop long enough to, you know, as we say all the time, why do you believe what you believe? And who told you? And where did you hear it? And have you ever questioned it? And have you ever wondered that it was true? I mean, I was such the black sheep, you know, in my family because I was born a question mark and I've, I've stayed one. You know, and that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. <laughs> sure, the people. You know, and them. here I was in this Southern Baptist uh, movement that was uh, about separation and hypocrisy, and that's not judgmental. That's just facts. You know, and no, you can't yeah. hang out with these people because you know the devil's got them, and oh, and God's got them, and it's like, whoa, talk about a bunch of human, you know, human-made mumbo jumbo. You're right. Talk about woo-woo. That's what's woo-woo is the scary part is that people are willing to give their whole life to lack of freedom and honoring um, based upon stories that somebody else said, who said, he said, they said, we said, and we don't really even know. <laughs> it's just right. fascinating. You know, I'm glad, so I'm glad you. you said that because um, – I have a thing that I say at the beginning of all my workshops where I get the audience to say, okay, repeat after me. This is not as complicated as I thought it was. You know, that's why I try to get people to approach meditation, that this is not as complicated as I thought it was. So um, regarding people who are inside the box, like what what you're talking about there, which I completely agree, um, I like to ask people a couple of very simple questions just so I can make a point. So let me ask you a really silly question. Um, Do you think that God loves you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the, the right creation. Answer. Well, I I don't make God a person. I think God is love, and therefore I am love. Yeah. So I'm right with you. So my second question is, do you think God wants you to be happy? Of course. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So now my last question to this is, do you think that God wants you to feel good about yourself? Well, obviously God wants you to feel good about yourself because if you feel good about yourself, then you have more love to give out to all the people in your world that you come across. That is so true. Tune in for more. Go to davidyoungmusic.com. We'll be right back. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Meditation Minute with sound healer Terry Wilder and Mystical Gong Meditations. Stop for a minute and take a breath. 
Ram Dass is quoted as saying, Remember, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Take a minute for yourself and just breathe. Give yourself this minute of meditation. Prayer is talking to the universe. Meditation is listening to it. Just breathe. To hear more healing gong meditations, visit terrywilder.com. Are you a spiritual explorer? Enrich your journey by engaging in inspiring and uplifting online courses starting now. Powered by Unity Worldwide Spiritual Institute's world-class online learning management system, you can join in live or study at your own pace in the comfort of your home. Check out courses and topics like mindfulness meditation, grief management, spiritual growth, and a lot more. Get help and support to achieve your dreams. Find out more by going to unity.org slash spiritual explorers today. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer or call 816-969-2000. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for being with us. We are listening to every word that we're hearing today as we're talking about the new book by David Young, The True Story of Jesus and His Wife, Mary Magdalena. Wow, what a what a powerful revelation, an opportunity to, to shake people up globally, especially, as David alluded to earlier, the 5 billion people that have a story that they've told themselves over and over again about who Jesus is and what Jesus does and all of that. Uh, David, um, loving the conversation, love the shaking up. Um, I I love it when, when people are willing to explore outside of their boxes that they've created in their minds. And, you know, I always say to people, be willing to get out of the box, be willing to walk out of the boat, walk on water, whatever, be willing to have some kind of internal shift. And even if you aren't comfortable there, you can always go back to the way that it was, but more than likely you never, you never will, because that is part of human suffering, isn't it? It's the determination to keep things to stay the same. And, and we're kind of seeing that in our society today is that we are so being forced to, 
your book couldn't happen at a better time, in my humble opinion, because we are surrounded by the the awakening of where we have been misinformed or we have lacked truth. Our new truths are coming to life. And to me, it's the most exciting time that we've we've ever lived. And and so you're really on to something here. I, I just really love what you're doing. Well, thanks. I'll tell you for sure it wasn't my idea. Oh, I, under, I get that. But you had to have the idea that you were willing to allow it to happen through you. I mean, that had to be an agreement that you that you made because you could have gone and just smoked more pot or you could have gone and said, hey, <laughs> I'm not taking this on. You know what I mean? You could have closed that door, but you didn't. So. My hat goes Hello. off to you that you're you're willing to be in the richness of this. I'm I still um, you know hold this because I I, I had a uh, an experience in shamanism if I may um, and I'll I'll make it quick. I I had an experience that I was in a deep meditation in in the non ordinary reality and every time through the years that I've gone on the non ordinary reality to a beat of a drum etc. It's always been inside the core of the earth it's always been their cemeteries it's always been somewhat dark um you know those kind of things but this one particular time uh when i asked you know deep within what is it that i need to know so my point is my mind was not already trying to make anything true i just accounted on the fact that i would be doing what i've always do go to the tree go down the roots and you know there you go i went just the opposite and I went up this spiral ladder up and up and up and up. And it was so bright that even though my eyes were closed, even though they were covered with a, a head cover, my eyes were almost burning from the brightness. And up comes a um, like a parade float. And Jesus was on it with animals and children. And, and he looked right at me and he said, do the work. The path is straight. And that was it. That was it. And that moment, I have remembered my entire life when I'm lacking in patience, when I think of my way is going to be different, I go back to that of that space. But I remember someone came to visit right after that and came into that room and said, what has happened here? It's so bright. I have to go get my my sunglasses. And that you can't make up. That was real. And it took me, I bet it took me about an hour and a half for my eyes to adjust to the room again. And it was really where, as you're talking about, that heaven and earth component collide. And they're hand in hand. There's no time. There's just what is. And um, so I, I say that to just I can only imagine <laughs> and I look forward to having the experience myself of being in one of your uh, rooms as an audience member and basking in that because it it has to be at that level of truth totally profound yeah I, I hear like what you just shared I'll, I'll hear 10 or 15 people every night at my event share something like that you know sometimes the message they get is serious you know you know, because that sounds like a serious message, you know, and sometimes the messages that people get are just downright hilarious. And this next thing I'm going to share with you is not a joke. It's something that actually happened at my event about two months ago. This woman shared that um, 
during the meditation while I was playing the flute, um, she went onto this boat, and this man with a really hairy chest helped her get on the boat. And she said, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. And she says, well, why do you have such a hairy chest? And he said, because <laughs> I know you really like men with hairy chests. That's you really said that to somebody at my event. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> it yeah, came those, in the way guys. that it would be recognized. Yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of times people have experiences with more than one of the Ascended Masters. Um, because, you know, in this physical world, everything gets separated, you know. But in the heavenly dimension, everything is all connected. Everything is connected by this thing called oneness, that it's a very difficult thing to, to explain with, with human words. But in the physical world, you know, a person who goes to this church will never, ever be caught dead in, in that temple or that synagogue. You know, you don't ever cross over into those those worlds if you want to call those you know those buildings a world but in the heavenly dimension there are people who who shared at my events that jesus yogananda and krishna showed up in their meditation they were sitting around like it was a normal conversation like it wasn't special there was no like um big angelic choir or anything it was just the three of these ascended masters and that person having a discussion or there sometimes people will have an experience with Buddha and Moses and Jesus, you know, and Jesus is not always in every experience, you know, and there's no point trying to put Jesus on a different level than Moses and Buddha and Krishna and all of them because they're all at such a high level. It's a waste of time to try to figure out who's higher and who's lower. They're all on the same team. It's just, if you think of them as a baseball team, and they're all wearing the same hat and the same shirt. The goal of the baseball team is to work together and to win the game. And the way that in this time of the ascension that, that they're working on winning the game is by having enough light workers on the planet right now to help bring humanity so the balance of negative versus positive is changed and so there's a more equal balance of positive beautiful things happening in this world, and these beautiful things happen through the light workers of this world. I used to think that we were separated from the Ascended Masters. We're not separated from them. And there's no limitation on any person that says that you cannot become a master in this life. We all can become masters in this life. This is one of the things that they've taught me. You don't need to wait till you die to have enlightenment and to experience these incredible things. Every one of those ascended masters experienced different levels of enlightenment while they were alive. They had ten fingers and ten toes. They're not that much, they weren't that much different than us. You know, the whole idea of, of somebody being born extra special and more godly than us, that's a thing that religion makes because religion wants people to feel like they're not worthy because if you feel like you are worthy, then you can just have a direct experience with one of the ascended masters and you don't need a Bible. You, didn't, you don't need to go to a church. You know, one of the things I was saying right before we took the commercial break was that, so if God loves me, and God wants me to be happy, and God wants me to feel good about myself, then anyone or anything that tells me I'm a sinner that makes me feel bad about myself is not God. True? Mm-hmm. I mean, what? what oh, can yeah, you, what can absolutely. I... And and I, I just I want to highlight that there's a 
you know, in, in New Thought, we say my mind is my church and, and what I believe is my religion. And I, I, I think that's a, a profound and, and powerful statement. I, I do think that there is a discernment of a difference of the old archetype or paradigm that we call church, where you have mostly men standing in the front of the room talking at people and telling them the same old repeated story of you are an original sinner and you're worthless and you're not going to matter and you know all of that. And then there is an evolved spirituality in the world today that I think that community is very important and significant because we we come together like we did in ancient times. We chant together, we dance together, we laugh together, and we, we heal internally just from everyday life circumstances and situations. So I think that that's still a powerful and much needed space for people today to have is that relatability of other people. But yes, I couldn't agree with you more. As I said yesterday on a a panel about domestic violence, (laughs) many churches across the nation, it would be helpful if they would just close, you know, because it's just so sad what they're teaching and teaching little, little people and big people that will always stay little because of the information that they are allowing themselves to be toxic with. No doubt. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. You know, uh, there's two things I want to say. I want to say something about the whole God-Goddess understanding and mm-hmm. also about, you know, how many churches are closing. Um, so the first thing that I want to say is that there are certain words that have so much yucky stuff attached to it, like the name Jesus has so much yucky stuff attached to it for so many people. And the word God has the same amount of yucky stuff because we've been given this misinformation that God is a man with white hair in the sky. God is somebody that we should be afraid of and all of these things. So it's really difficult for people to sometimes even talk about the the concept of God because there's so much muck and yucky things that have been connected and that have been done in God's name. So that's that's a problem for people. But I found a way to make it easier for people to understand it, that if you use the word goddess, all of a sudden it's different, because the vibration of the word goddess doesn't have all that muck and yuck around it. And when I think about a goddess, I think of a loving, supportive, um, nurturing figure. That's the opposite of the God-fearing image that Christianity has has presented to people. If you think about God as a goddess, doesn't it feel more heart-opening and more loving? Absolutely. Embracing, accepting. Um. Yeah. That opens my heart where the word God, you know, because there's so many other things attached to it, you know, it could be a problem. So that was one of the things that I wanted to say. The other thing is that I've spent a lot of time in Europe a couple of years ago, and... If you went into a Catholic church anywhere in Europe, if you just take Rome out of this scenario, but all over Europe, if you went into a Catholic church on a Sunday morning, you would see a mostly empty church, okay? And the only thing that's keeping the lights on and keeping the doors open in those churches is the fact that they have uh, classical music concerts, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Sunday nights, um... And people pay 50 or $75 for a ticket to hear classical music in a church. So without that music, just based on the Sunday morning services, those places would, 
would never have been able to stay open. So if you think about it, the majority of people who are Catholic are within 60 and between 60 and 90 years old. Well, it's very likely in the next 30 or 40 years, those people who are between 60 and 90 years old are going to transition and they're going to be in the heavenly dimension and they're not going to be here in this physical world anymore with what we know as death. So that means that in the next 30 or 40 years, three-quarters of the congregation of the Catholic Church will not be there. And if they're not there, God knows how that the Church is going to survive. That's one of the reasons why they chose a pope from Argentina, because South America is the last place on earth where the Catholic Church still has the power that it has. And that's one of the reasons why when I made my audio book of, of this book, The True Story of Jesus and His Wife Mary Magdalene, I, I had it made into, translated into Spanish, so it would be my voice with my, you know, my footprint, in, my spiritual footprint in my voice, that it would be telling this story so people in South America will be able to hear this with the same energy as I'm talking with you in, in this, in this uh, conversation. What kind of feedback have you been getting through the through the experiences and through what you've been talking about and through what you've been sharing, um, have there, I would think that, uh, that through this kind of listening, people would be automatically healed with arthritis and, uh, red energy kind of things. And it seems like people would be shouting to a whole new level, uh, just a, a level of freedom that they're feeling. Well, the way I describe this, because sometimes people are asking me, am I, am I afraid or concerned or something like this, um, because of things that used to happen 10 or 20 years ago or in, in, in the past. You know? And I tell people, a person who goes to a metaphysical bookstore is never, ever going to walk into a Catholic church, okay? unless they're going to somebody's funeral. Okay? But they're never going to go looking for spirituality or guidance going into a Catholic church, because you've outgrown that that whole lower level of um, spiritual experience. And likewise, nobody who goes to a Catholic church is going to walk into a metaphysical bookstore or a yoga studio because they've been told all these horrible things about metaphysical bookstores and yoga studios. So since that there are 50 million Americans meditating or doing yoga once or twice a week now, I'm not concerned about trying to convert Christians or, or share this message with people who are so inside the box. I'm only trying to reach the 50 million Americans, the people who grow up watch, grew up watching your, um, Oprah. No, all the people who listen to your radio station and go to Unity churches and New Thought churches all around the country and yoga studios and met metaphysical bookstores. These are the people that I'm, that I'm reaching because these people are open-minded because if you're on the spiritual path, you have like um, turned away from organized religion and the ridiculous stories that organized religions try to get people to believe in. Once, once you're on the spiritual path, you're not going to go backwards to that. That's like somebody who's 50 years old who's wearing a business suit trying to put on a pair of shorts that he wore when he was 10 years old. It's just not going to fit. That's very true. Absolutely very true. I, I've been, I have been taken back a few times in my life, and there, there haven't been many where, you know, couples will come in and they are 
finally hearing um, wisdom that really resonates. They're kind of hearing that they too have tremendous power within them, a power that's available, uh, that's all knowing, that's accessible, etc. And and then they will decide um, on down the road that they need to go to another place to teach their children the Bible. That that has made me weep uh, at times. There, I think of this little boy that was here that was in a school. And uh, David, he was seeing, um, he was having premonitions, and he was able to future see. And um, we had a, uh, at the time, we had a Montessori school here, and the parents um, took him out and put him in a traditional (laughs) environment uh, that does not even think that those things are possible. And um, it's hard. It, it's 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 um it's hard to accept i think um when those things occur it's like why in the world after you as an adult have processed and worked through so much would you go backwards and put your children into something knowing that a time in their life they will need to have an awakening as well it makes absolutely no sense i'm with you it i uh. completely agree one of the things that, that blows my, my mind is that, you know, if you have a school where a teacher has been sexually abusing a kid, and if the principal covers it up, well, that means they're both going to jail, the principal and the, and the teacher. Why is it that people take their kids to a place that has a consistent reputation of child molestation? How can you drop off your kid at a place where you've heard rumors your whole life of different people who have their kids or grandchildren being molested by priests in a church? Why are those priests not going to jail? Why are the bishops covering it up not going to the jail? One of the things that you said earlier that really connected was the fact that you said it was the perfect timing for this book to come out. While Mm -hmm. I was finishing the book is when all of these stories about, you know, in Pennsylvania, all the thousands of people who had been abused and finally came came forth and had a message and they won in court. You know, the Catholic Church has paid over $3 billion, with a B, billion dollars in in fines. You know, how how can they allow, how can our government allow that to happen? How can they allow these priests to not be responsible? For the, the horrible things that they're doing to, the, to, to these people, how can our planet heal if every single weekend some other person is getting molested in a church? We need to stop that thing. Thank God they just changed the, the law in New York, and I don't know if that's national or just for New York, but they've changed it so this way, at, you know, the way the law is now, at a certain year, a certain amount of years after you're molested, you can't say anything about it or you can't take it to court. They've just changed that. And one of the reasons why the Heavenly Family have all this stuff is coming out at the same time right now is so this way, when people see this book, if somebody gives me a hard time about the book, about the church, I'm like, you're sending your kid to a place that has known child molesters and you're calling yourself intelligent? You're mm-hmm. saying that you love to care for your kids when you're dropping them off with somebody who... Do you know that in Ireland, one in four men for the last 50 years, one in four men have been sexually abused by a priest in Ireland? 
That's the people who came forward. Why would you bring your child or your grandchild to a place where it's such common knowledge that that, and let me tell you something, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic that priests talk about hell and damnation and all these horrible things to people. When the, the priests who were involved in those kind of pathetic things, if there's anybody who's going to find out who, what hell is, it's going to be a priest who's abusing kids in a church. And hell is a whole nother subject, you know. I mean, that takes us down a whole nother story because everybody goes to heaven. There's not anybody who's taken, who's not allowed to go into heaven. Just the same way we have gravity and everything in the physical world goes down, when we die, we all go to heaven. But when we get to heaven, our subconscious of different things have a chance to manifest themselves in a different way. And in the heavenly dimension, if, if a person has guilt about something they've done in their physical life, that guilt is going to play out in the heavenly dimension because in the heavenly dimension, whatever we think, whatever we wonder about is manifesting in, instantly. So, you know, that, that's the, the best way I can explain that because we all go to heaven. There's, you know, that's, that's right across the board. doesn't matter how good you are, how bad you are, whatever. We're all going up there. But what we do, what our subconscious mind creates for ourselves up there reflects what our soul has done in this physical realm during that previous lifetime. Wow. So that's a whole nother. How has this, how has this whole journey changed you? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting because ordinarily we think about the ascended, ma ascended masters having compassion for us in our human condition, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this experience has given me compassion for him and Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary of how this whole thing has affected them. Because um, we all know how it feels to be misunderstood and to have so many people thinking they are who they're, they're not who people think they are. You know, it's not Jesus' way or the highway. He would never, ever, ever say something like, I am the way and the truth and the light. He just doesn't talk like that. I've heard a thousand people share their experiences with him. He never talks like that. What he would say is the way to the truth and the light is through loving your neighbor as yourself and being kind to everybody and trying to make this world a better place. You know, the Ascended Masters, they are not looking for followers. I'm telling you, they're not looking for followers. They're looking for leaders. Look, they're looking for people like you, Temple, people who are sharing the higher truth, not the lower truth that's just a bunch of baloney, a bunch of stuff that no intelligent person could actually believe. You know, they, they're looking for people who are going to talk about the fact that there is oneness in, in the heavenly dimension and that we're all connected. We're all part of the same system. Like if you think of the way all your cells and your blood and your body and all your organs are working together as one system, okay, and there's balance in that system, that's the same way all of us are part of this gigantic thing called life that all takes part and all takes place in the body of God. We're all part of that thing. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what language you speak or what religion you were brought up with because your parents forced it on you. Those things really, really don't matter. 
there's really only three religions in this world. There are the people who are trying to make things better. There are the people who are doing nothing. And there are people who are making things worse for other people. At the end of the day, that's the only thing that matters. That's the only thing, because we, we bring that karma with us wherever we go, whether it's in the physical dimension or the heavenly dimension. I love it. Well, David, we just have so much more to hear you talk about. Tune in, everyone, to davidyoungmusic.com. Order the book. Delve into the amazing paintings. Listen to his music. Obviously, you will, if you aren't, Already, if you are already awakened, you will be touched. If you are seeking more reality, you will have more information than you started with. And it's just been a blessing. Tune in to all of us at templehays.com or firstunity.org. It's been a true pleasure, David. Thank you so much for being on the show. Love your message, man. Just keep on keeping on. God bless you on this amazing journey we call life. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.